0: Welcome to the High on the Hogs podcast. This is your host, Steve. And joining me, he's back again from COVID land or wherever he's at in quarantine. Andy, you there? How you doing? On the hogs. It's a little different doing it over the phone from our social distancing locations here. So
1: This is kind of awkward, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, I think we can get it done. It'll... it'll Bring into uh, new ventures into the uh, High on the Holds podcast.
0: Hey, if Tyler and I can do it every week, then you and I can do it every week.
1: So. Tyler doesn't count. He used to be a professional singer.
0: <laughs> hey, we haven't we haven't brought that up yet. We we were slowly we were slowly <laughs> jumping into that last week. So we haven't brought that up yet. That's not official. Uh, I, I learned too much about Tyler in the last week. So
1: it's kind of scary, right? I don't
0: know uh, if I like the sound of that. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> a let little your, bit scared. I'll let you think what you want on that one along with our listeners. So, yeah, just join in. Hey. You never know what the story may unfold on Friday when Tyler and I hit the airwaves. So just stay tuned for that one, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sounds like a plan to me. Right. was uh, your weekend?
0: <laughs> man, it was It was pretty good. I didn't do a whole lot. Um it I mean, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't. So no, nope. no. I mean, I, well, I'll go back. I mean, actually, it was before my weekend that was super busy because Thursday you missed out on uh, on a great game over at yeah, uh, Sylvan Hills between Cersei and Sylvan well, blowout, but uh, some really good athletes over at Cersei. We got to got to watch that game. Forty-one to seven was the final in that one. And then, they got uh, a
1: special running back at Sylvan Hills, man. They
0: got a couple of them, man. Like I mean, I, Cunningham is really good, but that whole they, they they're loaded in the backfield, and that offensive line is really good too. And then that's
1: a plus.
0: Yeah, and so then we've got uh, we had uh, Park View Hog commit Landon Rodgers, which expect him to be on the pod at some point here in the very near future, and um, we got to watch uh, Park View and Mountain Home and CX Hog Brian Mallet and uh, his coaching abilities on the sidelines on Friday night at War Memorial Stadium, which was an experience getting to broadcast from War Memorial in the same booth that all the big dogs get to, to, to broadcast from, so that was kind of neat, too.
1: Man, I'm jealous I missed that one, but hopefully we'll get another opportunity here in a couple of weeks to do that same thing. So. I,
0: yeah, I think so. Um, we won't be able to do anything for state championships, unfortunately, because there's another yeah. group that has the exclusives to that, and we're not spending the money it would cost anyway. But uh, no, it's expensive. I think it's I don't know, I think it was twenty five hundred bucks just to get the rights to it. So, and we need to find a sponsor that would that would give us that. So you know, yeah. But uh, speaking yeah. of sponsors, we got a a couple of good lineups looking. We're looking towards a couple of big time lineups here the next two weeks. So um, this week, assuming the AAA approves everything, which I don't know why they wouldn't, but uh, we've got a pretty good matchup coming up this week. And then if matchups work out. We're looking in the future with the crystal ball, but next Friday could be one heck of a battle in Central Arkansas that we're going to be at. So, fingers crossed one those games happen and two the AAA A approves us going.
1: Well, if they do, I'm ready to go. I'll be ready by probably I think uh Thursday at the earliest. So, uh anything this weekend uh as of right now, uh I'm pretty uh <clears throat> Deer season doesn't look like it's going to happen the way I want it to this weekend. So uh, bring on the football.
0: Absolutely. Speaking of football, let's jump into it here real quick. So the Hogs get to 4-2 and two on the season. 24-13 win play? over the Volunteers. They did play. did. It-
1: Did the hogs play?
0: Yes, they played, and it was a bad weekend if you enjoy the color orange because a lot of orange got beat this weekend. Yes, it did. (laughs) And I guess if you're one of those left-leaning people, there was another orange that lost this weekend that you're probably really happy about, so whatever. I don't know. It's
1: not completely lost yet, but it's not looking good.
0: Let's just say we're at about 10 seconds left on the clock, and it's a Hail Mary from the one. So.
1: Uh, yeah, with, with <laughs> Ryan Mallet
0: throwing it, so Which you mean, I'm okay
1: with that. Yeah, yeah,
0: we'll see how that goes. 88
1: yards later, it will land. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> may need to be tipped a few times to get there, but yes, it'll land somewhere near the goal line for sure. <clears throat> so we'll see how close that gets, but uh, we're not going to get into that because I think everyone's sick and tired of hearing about that stuff. I, I am. Yeah, I stopped, I stopped paying attention at about uh, 1 o'clock on November 4th or whatever. Yeah, the 4th, right? Yeah, November 4th, I stopped paying attention at about 1 o'clock in the morning. So I was over it. I'm like, whatever. I ain't nothing we can do about it. So, all right. Nope. But, yeah, Hogs played this weekend. And uh, I know I said 4-2. It wasn't a Freudian, Freudian slip. It was for real. Hogs are 4-2. I don't care yep, what anyone
1: says. 4-2. 4-2. 4-2.
0: Yeah, big win. They beat,
1: they beat one of those orange teams, or a team with orange in it. Yes, a couple of them actually now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. They have got some maroon, got some blue on that helmet. <laughs> it was impressive. It wasn't impressive in the first half. So, I, let me let me just. Start, and I, I'll be honest. I stayed off of Twitter during that time frame because I knew it would be melting down. But I don't know that it could have melted down any worse than our group chat did.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of had a problem. <laughs> it got I was in there. I, I took your place for for the group chat for the majority of the first half.
0: Yeah, it, it it got ugly in there for a few minutes. I was like, oh man, we all hate the hogs again. Like this is this is bringing back memories. This is not
1: fun. I was not happy. Just it looked like they were going to sit there and go into it and not adjust, do anything to stop the run. I mean, it just looked like an absolute terrible first half couldn't get anything going on offense that first drive by Tennessee or or was it the second one they took off like seven and a half minutes 15-16 play drive and went down there I was like great here we go see what happens
0: yeah I mean and really it was their first two drives I mean they had a 12 play drive a 16 play drive and then the Hogs on their missed field goal answered that up with a 16 play drive sixteen play seventy-one yard drive of their own and then got nothing for it after the after yet another missed field goal from Reed. And yeah. more, more concerning for me was, you know, last week the frustration was the lack of adjustments against AM, which got a little frustrating at times, leaving the middle of the field open. This week in the first half, and we'll just go half by half with this thing. The first half. And I think we all said it. The Hawks got bullied and beat around in that first half. They didn't look like they had any business being on the field with Tennessee, yet somehow managed to only be down 13 to nothing at the half.
1: Yeah, they salvaged what they could for some crazy reason. That I have no clue how they did it. But I mean, it definitely could have been a lot worse. What it was, that's for sure.
0: What was mind blowing to me about the first half, and I know that Pittman has since said, you know, that towards the end of the half, and it was true. You saw, I mean, if you look at the numbers after the missed field goal, uh, Tennessee went three and out. Tennessee then went eight plays and got a field goal, and then Tennessee took a knee um, or, or just ended the half there on that final final possession of the half after Arkansas punted <laughs> to them. And so Arkansas did seem to tighten up a little bit, especially after those first two drives. But it seemed like there. I mean, Tennessee just did whatever they wanted, and and frustrating about that. I mean, we knew Eric Gray would would get his. I mean, he's he's a special, oh, yeah. he's a really talented running back. But I mean, this is this is Jared Garantano. Like, make that dude beat you. Don't sit there and let Tennessee hand it off seventeen times in a row and shove it down your throat and just make you their bitch for
1: an hour and a half,
0: which is what they did for an hour
1: and a half. They did. Um, you know, it didn't really help that. You know, we jump out there. I think the first play on offense, they went to Darian Warren a couple times in a row, and, and looked like they were going to roll down the field. And then all of a sudden, it was like a switch flipped, and let's go three real fast running plays and make no yards at all. And then uh, let's get the ball back to Tennessee and let them try to run it down our throats again. Yeah, so I was so mad at that. I moved. Yeah, it was not a great day.
0: It wasn't, and it was a very frustrating first half. When you look at it, Arkansas, I mean, you, you, obviously you're not going to take that out. But outside of that, uh, the 71-yard drive where they missed the field goal, Arkansas, let's see, 31, and then at 60. Arkansas had 82 yards of offense, not counting the 71-yard drive that ended in nothing uh, in, in the first half. So, you know, it, it was – It was frustrating to watch because Arkansas never seemed to be able to get anything going. There was no consistency on, you know, and I think a lot of people were frustrated with some of the play calling, um, you know, browse. I was... (laughs) <laughs> I think a lot of people were, and I think Sam Pittman saw and heard some of that. If you if you watched his press conference after the game, um, I did. he he was very pointed in what he had to say about uh, about Bryles. and he's not wrong. I mean, um, you know, he is a really good offensive coordinator, and I think you and I have talked about this on the pod uh, previously. He has, you know, in a lot of ways, Bryles is trying to figure out, you know, figure figure this team out and figure out exactly what they want to do as an offense. And so, you know, there are times when you just watch and you're like, oh, this offense is unbelievable, it's, it's humming along, but then there's times where they throw these goofy trick plays in there or the inopportune run plays that they call for Franks and or Franks holds onto a ball for way too long and it just kills the offensive drives.
1: Well, there's one thing I've learned about football is you can't be perfect every single play, but it sure helps when they get string together six or seven or eight plays in a row that make sense, not going, all right, let's... Let's run a reverse to the uh, right side and gain, you know, fifteen twenty yards, and then run another little sweep to the left and pick up another ten, and then, hey, let's uh let go off tackle for negative seven. Uh, let's go right back to it and do it again and again and again. I just saying it doesn't seem like it all wants to flow, and then like the second half comes. I'm sure we'll talk about that here in a second, but it just it's so frustrating to watch right now especially not understanding because it's happened every single game, it seems like, at one point to where they'll get in there and it's just like complete stall out. They forget what they're doing.
0: Well, and a big part of it, and, and, and we'll talk about the second half adjustments, but I think that drive where they missed the field goal was obviously a big piece of what, it, and that was the best drive they had in the first half. Boyd ran, so this is, the, this is the play chart from that drive. Boyd ran for seven, Boyd ran for five, Boyd ran for two, Frank's through the woods for seven. Franks runs for, runs for two. Burks runs for two. Boyd runs for two. Boyd runs for three. Pat, and, then, and then Franks hits Kearns on the big 24-yard touch or pass. And then Traylon for six. Franks loses two. Franks hits Burks for a nine-yard gain. And then Arkansas gets the first and goal. That was the nine-yard gain got him first and goal. And this is where it gets so confusing for what Bryles does sometimes. You get first and goal at the three-yard line you run and i don't remember if this was i think it was a designed run where frank's lost or lost a yard the next play then you yeah. go then you go pass pass so you've got first and goal from the 3 yard line on a drive that the running game got you there outside of one big play you had one 20 plus yard play on that drive and that was the pass to kern and then you decide to throw two out of three times on first and goal from the 3 that made no sense, and then you throw Reed out there and he shanks one from 21 yards out. That's where the frustration was in the first half. It was like, okay, the defense is kind of getting punked right now. Let's let the offense wake up. Well, the offense is going to suck too. Or when we finally get something good going, Browse is like, hey, let me throw something cute out there and make it look fun. It just, it, it's so odd sometimes. At the I guess it's more the timing of the play calls versus, the you know, what he's calling.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on it. It's just, you know, the flow is not there at times. And like you said, you get down there basically running the ball and then you have a loss and then you want to throw the ball to ice. And if I remember right, they weren't two of them. They had a pass that was thrown out of the back of the end zone, if I remember right. And I can't remember what the other one was on that drive. But it just – the pass plays that they put in there didn't even make sense. You know, typically that close to the end zone – you're going to try to shoot a slant over the middle or, or something of a fade route to a corner to where basically the only person's going to get on it is going to be your receiver on a big man or something that's ultra quick and let him work. Maybe even something's pulling it out to a running back, and it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I didn't get any of that. I, I don't, again, we'll, we, we could sit here and go back and forth. But then in the second half, so number one, I would have loved to have been a fly-on-the-wall in that locker room to know what was said, because for all of the, you know, this 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 nice Sam Pittman that we get to see in press conferences and the humble, you know, oh, we, I, we got great kids and you know, all we love it. Like we love to see that. We know there's a mean streak to Pittman and we know he he garners the respect in that locker room. And I would love to know exactly what was said. Maybe someday we'll be able to find out. But that was, I mean, when you see them then come out in the second half and they go from bully ball from just getting beat around to then.
1: To doing the beat.
0: Yeah, 17 plays, 75-yard drive. And, again, the theme is there. Rakeem Boyd run, Rakeem Boyd run, a Frank's pass, Boyd run. And then you had a pass, but then you had run, run, run. I mean, and, and I put this in our notes for tonight. Have we seen a running game resurgence from this Arkansas team based on what we saw against AM and then again what we saw this week, especially in the second half of this game?
1: I still don't think so.
0: So I think so, but on one con- I think so, but it's on one condition, and it's based on the next point of our notes, and it's that Traylon Smith needs to be the feature back in this offense.
1: I think you're one hundred percent right in that. I like his style with this offense a lot more than Raheem Boyd's. I think he gives you more to use out of the backfield uh, as a receiver, and he gets started so much quicker than what Boyd does. If Boyd's running downhill, he's hard to stop. Traylon Smith can go from dead stop to a hundred in one or two steps, and he's rolling. Yeah. Well, so that benefits this setup the way they're running.
0: It does, and it allows them to get to the edges. And, and for the most part, against a lot of the teams in the SEC, a guy like Traylon Smith can probably get to the edges. This offensive line seemed to do okay at times. Um, they they seem to they've they seemed to get better. The one thing that this offensive line does seem to be able to do is straight ahead block. And I think that was the biggest the biggest adjustment that Pittman and Bryles made offensively. We could talk about defense all day long, and and I think it was just a matter of of being more physical, of, of, of fitting your run gaps a little better in the second half on the defensive side. But I think on the offensive side, it was – I mean, number one, I, I would guarantee you that, that the, the conversation in the locker room at halftime was something about you boys are getting – your ass is handed to you right now. You, you're, you're being bullied. You're being pushed around. You're being out-physicaled, and that's not the Razorback team that we've seen this year – especially in the first half of games. I mean, I know we've started slow, but Arkansas has been just as physical as everybody this year. You had your issues with A&M. A&M was a team that could out-physical or at least match Arkansas's physicality and, and 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 kind of beat them down a little bit with depth. This is not a Tennessee team that can do that, and Tennessee's no. also shown all year that they're not a very good second half team either.
1: No, that crazy stat they had about a how many points that they had scored against them as opposed to scoring in away games this season already? Yeah, it was like it was like sixty-seven to seventeen or something up there. Just- I was like, all right, well, that favors well for us. Yes. We're at home, they're away. All right, I can get by this.
0: <laughs> yeah, a big. I mean, and that's that's big. I mean, and so going back to the running back or running game resurgence, and another reason why I bring that up is Arkansas has averaged 190 yards per game over the last three games on mm-hmm. the on the ground. That that's impressive, especially considering A and M is one of the better teams against the run in the league. Now, obviously. That number should have been a bunch higher after playing Ole Miss. We should have ran for a lot more than 150 or whatever it ended up being. Yeah. Uh, but but almost 200 the last two games, and, and it seems like at or it seems like Arkansas has tried to make a concerted effort to run downhill. And if you remember a few weeks ago, I think it was the Ole Miss game when they came out of the Ole Miss game. Pittman said, "Look, I, we can run the ball. We just got to run downhill." And, and we've got to run, you know instead of all this you know, all these counters, all this misdirection, you're still going to see that from the read option. But I think they want to line it up whether and, and punch you in the mouth and run downhill. And that seems to open things up for this offense and you saw that. after that 17 play drive, The defense comes out, and it was perfect. You three and out. You go three and out with uh, with Tennessee. You have a Raheem Boyd run, and then you hit Mike Woods on the fifty six yard play that that got him down uh, to the six, and then uh, the the touchdown pass to Kern, which was an absolutely phenomenal play call.
1: Oh, absolutely! I agree with that. It was I was really wanting to see Woods get in the end zone on that big long pass play, but to see Kern get the touchdown on the little uh, kind of little creep out around the post. I mean, it was
0: slick. And it's good to see. I mean, it was good to see Kern get that, especially with Hudson having the injury that he had and not having heard a whole lot as far as any any uh, any prognosis on Hudson. But, um, you know, it was good to see our tight ends get in there, especially when the word since preseason has been, we don't know who our other tight end is. And it's been a lot of or between uh, Hudson and um, I'm going to draw a blank now. Oh. <laughs> the freshman. You got me. are talking
1: about Toll? Yeah, to- there you go. Blaine Toll. Oh.
0: Yeah, Blaine Toll's been the oar.
1: And so. Well, and Marcus Henderson, I think, was the other one that they moved over to tight end. Right, yeah. The big lineman.
0: So, with all the questions that tied in, it's, it was nice to see. Kern. And Kern had a big game. He had a couple big catches. He had a 20, 24 yard catch there in the first half. Uh, Kern ended up with, let's see, let me get. Bucks. He had a small fumble, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, Kern had three catches for forty yards and a touchdown. Third leading receiver on the team. Hudson Henry
1: three catches for sixteen yards. So, I mean, I was worried about Hudson, man, it just it blew my mind that they let him literally limp around on the field like that. I admire, you know, wanting to get out there and show your toughness and try to go, but at the same time, is you know how risky is it to hurt yourself even more? I mean, obviously, I don't know what was going on with it, or how bad it could have been, you know, in those first few plays. But then to come back out the second half and to, you know, give it a go and still limping like that, I'm glad they got him off the field as quick as they did. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I was a little concerned watching that um, that whole scenario when you were because Hudson, I mean. He looked like he should have just, he should have pulled a Tennessee and just fell down. I mean, like the guy, did. He wouldn't, though. I know it, but he He should have. In that situation, he 100% should have. Let's see. I was trying to see here. Um, But yeah, I mean, Hudson, that was a concern there. Um, And so, you know. Overall, though, I mean Arkansas obviously gets the win. Arkansas looks much better in the second half. The defense was what we expected it to be. Jalen Catalan earns Defensive Player of the Week award uh, <laughs> honors. Shocker! Every week. <laughs> well, and I saw something earlier. I think that's what four out of six weeks that a Razorback has been Player of the Week.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an absolute, <laughs> just mind-numbing stat, in my opinion from what they had last year to what they had this year as far as just the overall just go-get-them part of the defense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Your thoughts on Garantano getting hurt, do you think that played a big part of what happened to Tennessee in the second half? Or do you think that Arkansas's defense had just adjusted enough that it didn't matter who they had at quarterback?
1: I think they uh, – yes and no, I guess you could say. Just fresh off the cuff. Uh, did it help when they went to the backup quarterback that looked like he had no clue what in the world he was doing? Yeah, I'm saying it made him a little bit easier. Uh, Would the defense have been able to stand up and take on Garantano or whatever his name is? Yeah, I think we would have done okay. But uh, it definitely helped us out with having the fresh meat in there.
0: Yeah, definitely from a decision-making standpoint, I think it was probably a little better for Arkansas to have a guy that's not as – uh, as used to be an end with as much experience, but you know my my personal opinion is I don't think it made a difference at all. Garantano is not a good quarterback. He's no, he's not. I mean, and and he's <laughs> very, and it, it, it's the exact reason why uh, Pruitt and Cheney and that Tennessee offense wanted to run the ball as much as they did. I mean, they averaged three point seven yards to carry, although a lot of that was helped by Garantano having six point two yards per carry when he was in the game. You know, including yeah. a twenty yarder in there, so. Uh, on, on kind of a little a broken read play. So, I mean, I you know, you look at the numbers, Marr, when he came in, went 0 for 4. Uh, he was. And, and the thing about Moore that was really interesting is he's their running quarterback, and they didn't even try to run with him. Like, they didn't try any no. option. They didn't try any power. They didn't try anything. They tried to just hand the ball off. And at that point, when you're Arkansas, that makes it easy. I mean, you're all you got to do is head up, man up on a guy. You don't have to worry about him running. I mean, I'm, I'm really surprised, and, and I've seen a lot of people really down on Pruitt and Chaney for their play calling in the second half as well.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the whole thing, I think they said, oh, uh, their running back, Gray, had 89 yards in the first half. I think he finished total with 123, and, you know, with you saying, you know, with him being a running quarterback, they didn't even let him do that, he did not complete a passed, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, as 4. well. Yeah,
0: 0 for 4. Yeah,
1: and and they weren't even close. Like, he, uh, a couple of times they got to third down, and I'm sitting there going, all right, let's go defense, let's pick this up. And then he would just sail it into the into the stands, basically. And I'm like, I like this guy's third down decision. <laughs> which Makes was, it a little bit easier on that.
0: Which right. was a big difference from the first half when Tennessee, one of the worst teams on third down in the country – Seem to have no issues. What they getting. To do. <laughs> I mean, it was third down conversion <laughs> after third down conversion. So I mean, but you made a point there about Gray's rushing yards in the second half. I think this is even more incredible. Take out the yeah. last drive for Tennessee. They gained seventy-two yards on that garbage drive that they got. They ended up that uh, Catalan <laughs> ended up intercepting off of the Hudson Thankfully. Clark tip. Um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, and so, but <laughs> out take that play out. 48 total yards of offense in the second half for Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I was looking at it, and I'm sitting there going, you know, I, obviously I wanted to pitch a shutout out the second half, just like every Arkansas fan did. But, you know, that guy, uh, was it Harrison Bailey, I believe is his name, the third yep. string? Yeah, Bailey. That freshman, he was just dinking and doinking, you know, over the middle. He was giving exactly what we wanted him to give, though. You know, you leave that open in, in that time frame. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you're not going to beat me. You know, you're not going to beat me on the corner, and you're not going to beat me deep. So we're going to give you that. Yeah, you can take eight, nine yards at a time. Go ahead. Every time you don't get a first down, that us going to keep running, and you're just going to run out of time.
0: Well, and it's exactly what happened. What was more surprising about that was the fact that on the drive before, when they were in field goal range – they decided to go for it instead of kicking the field goal, which would have got him with an eight. I, I I didn't understand that decision at all. And I want to say that later, or there was was it asked? I think it was asked afterwards. And he said that uh, they weren't they weren't comfortable um, with the rank with them with him making it from that range. Well, I mean let's see. Has he not seen his kicker kick earlier that night? I was about to say Samaglia hit a forty eight yarder in the first half. A relatively easy
1: 48 yarder. It wasn't, it wasn't, it might get there. No, it went through pretty easy, if I remember right. Yeah,
0: he hit one from 48, and he hit one from 50 in the first half. And then in the second half, when the interception happened. They were at the twenty five yard line on that fourth and four play. So I mean you're talking about what, a forty two yarder? I mean he's, he's yeah, hit, the
1: shortest one of the three.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you don't have Reed out there kicking field goals. You got this this dude that's hit a forty eight and a fifty so far on the day, and you need two scores. A touchdown there does you no good. I mean, you know, you need the touchdown, but on fourth and four, like in in Arkansas shuts you down all day. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of criticism directed at Pruitt and Cheney and it's warranted. And I mean a lot of the issues that I think they're having out of Cheney right now are are issues that, you know, Arkansas dealt with when Cheney was here. And I think it's even more intriguing and interesting when you look at the situation that they passed over Kendall Bryles to hire Jim Cheney.
1: I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. They can keep him.
0: Exactly. They can have him. We'll see how that marriage works out at the end of the year. But yeah, I'm I, I, probably not
1: going to. There's probably going to be a divorce. I would guess so. More than likely,
0: <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of divorces at the end of this football season, man.
1: You know, I think a lot of these coaches are thinking, "Oh, it's 2020. We're not going anywhere." Well, when you got coaches like Hugh Freeze that are undefeated at Liberty, yeah, there's going to be places open and they're going to be filled pretty quickly. Yeah, and I mean, so, you're
0: you're going to be able to get a guy like Hugh Freeze. I agree with you, and you're going to be able to get a guy like Hugh Freeze pretty cheap. I think the – I guess the, the rumor mill is heating up pretty good for him to South Carolina right now. Um, I've heard that one. I'd be surprised by that move a little bit just because – I, well, I don't know. We'll see how the SEC responds to that as they obviously have to approve all coaching hires, so we'll see if they're – willing to jump on board with that, with how everything went down at Ole Miss. Um, but, you know, he's going to have some opportunities. Now, I will say this. What he's doing at Liberty and Unknown is is amazing. I mean, he's, been, he's done, been, been able to do a good job recruiting there. But now people are really, like, flipping out right now and freaking out about the fact that he beat a really bad Virginia Tech team. I mean – you know, let's be real. They were they were the better team in that game. So, you know, not to get off on a long rabbit hole here, but I'm not I'm not I, and not taking away anything from Freeze. I think he's going to do very well. He's done well everywhere he's been outside of the Hookers. So um, we'll see. We'll <laughs> probably see.
1: Probably did I, probably did all right with him for a little bit. I'm sure he
0: did. He did well with him for a while <laughs> until his phone got caught. So. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I still I still will argue that those hookers weren't all for him, that there was some recruiting going on there. But anyway.
1: I wonder if that old Miss fan that told Lane Kiffin to get that burner phone was the same one who set up the burner phone. For <laughs> <he free.
0: laughs> that, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, uh, and I don't think Lane Kiffin needs to call escorts anyway, so I think he's got – although, <laughs> although Kiffin's put on a few pounds since he's gotten down in the Mississippi, so <laughs> –
1: Dude got about 14 chins hanging off the box. That's bad. Like like me without a beard. I
0: was about to say, it's no no shave November, Kate Lane. Just just grow a beard and it'll look a whole lot better,
1: buddy. I promise. Just cover the goozle, bud. Cover the turkey goozle. That's right. Okay, let's jump
0: into player of the game. So I'm going to jump, I'm going to start on the defensive side of the ball because I think more than likely we're probably going to have the same name. I'll go first on defense, and I'm taking my guy, Jalen Catalan, Defensive Player of the Week, the big pick. He had he was all over the field, had some big hits in that game, 12 total tackles, six solo, continues to just pack on the tackles this year. So I'm taking Jalen Catalan this week as my Defensive Player of the Game.
1: I got to go bumper enough. I'm going to do it just, just because uh, Catalan is the man in the in secondary, and. You could definitely see how much he was missed after he left the Texas A&M game when he's able to play, obviously, a whole game against Tennessee. But uh, Bumper pool he's the glue that holds that front seven together, in my opinion. Uh, Grant Morgan, obviously, a, a close second with that. But Bumper Pool's the guy. I would be really surprised to not to see that guy go ahead and throw his name in the hat and go on to the NFL after this year.
0: Well, let's hope he doesn't.
1: We need all the linebackers. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't because we're thin. But that kid is—he's a man among boys playing out there. It looks like most of the time he's sideline to sideline everywhere he can be, and they call his name basically every play. It seems like.
0: So two guys that I'm going to give honorable mention to. One is Jonathan Marshall. I think 42 might have made himself a few bucks on Saturday. That dude was. Unblockable. He was in the backfield. He's had a re- quietly a really good season, and, and I, I thought he played really well. The other guy that I'm going to get an honorable mention to is a guy that we've called soft, a guy that we've been hard on, a guy that Julius Coates. There you go, Julius Coates. Yes. was a man <laughs> in that game. He looked totally different in that game, and it's you know it's kind of like, and I'm not don't don't do getting it. Yes, you
1: know what it is, but Finally
0: getting it And don't drive off the road when I say this, because I'm not comparing him in talent to this person, but in motor, in in desire, he reminds me a lot of Jadavion Clowney, a guy that you know will go hard for a few plays and then he disappears for a few plays, and, and and I don't know if it's just that defensive end position, I don't know if it's just going so hard for a few plays, you got to take a few plays off. But Arkansas is able to rotate defensive linemen enough that you would think that Coates would be able to stay fresh enough that he wouldn't be that wore out um, and, and that he could give 100% effort all the time. So I do think I do think, it's, I do think it's, it, that's going to be a big question mark on him is that effort. And, and like you said, he's getting it. Maybe it is that transition from the, the speed and the talent level of Juco and then coming to, to the SEC, uh, but, but he's definitely coming around as the season is, has gone on for sure.
1: Now the announcers in this game, first off, they were pretty terrible. <laughs> Can turkeys uh, fly? Can turkeys fly? Oh, oh, I was, I was <laughs> oh, you don't do not get me started on those guys on this. They had said something about coach in the game that I hadn't previously heard that that he hasn't been playing football very long at all, or either it was that he hadn't been playing on the defensive side of the ball, is what I thought. I thought he had like played tight end or receiver, and because they had talked about him still being really new and basically still having to learn all the technique and everything of what a defensive end plays. Did I hear that correctly, or is, or am I just nuts after they talked about Turkey's flight? No, I mean
0: you may be right. I don't remember. I may not have been paying attention. So. Unfortunately, I – well, I mean, maybe – I guess maybe fortunately because I've heard a lot of people say that the, the announcers were really terrible in this game. Um, oh, no, they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I didn't – so I didn't hear that, but I also had like – that we had four kids here, or three kids here screaming and hollering and playing, so I couldn't hear a lot, which was fine anyway. So um, Oh, Lord. Yeah, but I missed that. But I did hear the, the non-flying turkey part, which I thought was absolutely hilarious.
1: But, uh, these guys are fired. So <laughs> <laughs> just let me and Steve call this game. It'll be better. Yes. Yeah. So. At least we know Turkey's fly. So, yes.
0: Offensive side of the ball. I'm going to let you go first because we got some options here, but I'm going to let you go first.
1: I'm taking Felipe Franks. Okay. Okay. I've got to. Yeah. I haven't given it to him this year. He has been a hell of a field general for the most part. He's got a few plays that make me want to scratch my head when he holds on to the ball a little too long and, does a few things, but the man is not. He, he didn't throw an interception this week. He put three touchdowns on the board, and he dropped a dime to Trey Burks. Yeah, yeah. He had a couple that of pass was perfect, in my opinion. Yep. 100% agree.
0: 18 of 24, 215 yards, three touchdowns, a 77 QBR. He also added 14 carries for 18 yards, which he had a 24-yard run. It would have been more without a couple of the sacks. Um, so, yeah, I, that's not a bad pick. I mean, I, I definitely could could go with that. But I'm not going to. I'm going to give it to someone new this week. Someone we haven't given it give to. giving it to Mike Woods? I'm giving it okay. to Mike Woods, the slant route. <laughs> Would <What a deal. laughs> you? And he should have had another touchdown if he could have kept the heel of his foot in at the six-yard line. And, uh, oh, yeah. But uh, – Boy, it, I mean, he only had three catches for sixty-four yards, but they were three huge catches. He averaged twenty-one yards a catch. He had the fifty-six yarder, three yards, and if he would have not stepped out of the six, he would have had the longest catch of the day because uh, Burks's was fifty-nine. So, I mean, Burks obviously, you look, we you give Burks the player of the game every single week if you wanted to, pretty Absolutely much.
1: Absolutely, and,
0: and, and I mean Traylon Smith is a guy that deserves some a, a mention here as well. He averaged eight <laughs> yards a touch on just nine carries. Again. Give the man the football. So he, he's the guy that he's to about. <laughs> I love see 15, watching that 20. little
1: guy run. I do too. I remember talking about it before the before the start of the season. I told you that little dude was gonna be one to watch on offense just because of how elusive he was. I think you agreed with me and at the time when we had some other show stuff going on, people were looking at me going, Huh? What are you talking about? Yeah, that little guy, the five foot seven running back from Arizona State that had to sit out a year. Yeah, he's a stud. Yeah. I'll, there's one thing that we can
0: say about, for as bad as Chad Morris while he was while he was here, he could at least identify the talent and, and could talk about it and how good the talent was. You look at at guys that we heard Catalan. about like Jalen Catalan, Traylon Smith. All we heard about all last spring was Traylon Smith can't be tackled, can't be touched. He's like water. He's this and then but we couldn't see him. We never got to see him because we didn't get to see practice. He had to sit out a year. Now that he's getting his. Play, Playing time, holy moly! And then Catalan, of course, that dude's
1: just he's just doing Catalon things.
0: It's just incredible. And, and I did hear that part from the announcers talking about, you know, how he's basically mm-hmm. the leader. He's the guy that's still sitting there. Two two stories from the from the announcers. That one where he was the last guy with the defensive back still in the film room doing film study, and he was leading it. And, and he was leading
1: the film study as a
0: redshirt freshman. Yeah. 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 That doesn't happen. Not as a that red. Doesn't happen. No, red freshman for sure, but definitely not a safety. I mean, that just you just never know that. So he is definitely a leader on that defense and will be for a couple more years. But then of course, the the bare hand hog hunting by, by Traylon Burks was another great story. I'm like, oh man, this was with dude, a knife? Yes. With, with a, a knife? knife. Yes. <laughs> All I know is Trey Burks, if you listen to this ever. Please, please, please reach out to us. I want you on the podcast so you can tell us that full story because I think it's worth listening to. I'm sure it'll get told somewhere else to somebody else, but we need it on ours ASAP.
1: Did you see the picture of Mike Woods and Trey Burks before the game wearing suits and the picture says booted up? Both of them had on like Cayman Belly uh, cowboy boots, like square toe, square toe cowboy boots. Uh in the locker room. I was like, look at this It was great. That sounds about right. Doesn't surprise me one bit. You, with need, Burks. you really need to find the picture. Oh yeah, Burks, no doubt. Yeah. I looked over at Mike Woods and right beside him, I was like, Look at these two clouds. <laughs> <laughs> great. I was like, these are my dudes right here. Right. I can't even wear cowboy boots no more, but I'd have something like that <laughs>
0: That's great.
1: So, one other thing
0: I want to talk about before we jump into our yes sir moment of the game is uh, the special teams. I know we talked a little bit about AJ Reed. He was one for two yeah. on the game. You know, he we misses go here. a he misses a twenty one yarder, but he hits a forty eight yarder. So, last week on the preview pod with Tyler, I said the only one of my keys to the game was the was for our special teams to just do your damn job. Don't screw up. Don't do anything stupid. Just do your job. I mean outside of that missed field goal by Reed, we didn't really have to talk much about special teams. They kicked the ball through the end zones. Reed had – or no, who was – let's see, where's kickoffs? I don't even know if I have kickoffs on here.
1: The guy with a funny name.
0: Yeah, whoever the other dude was. But he kicked it through the end zones, I think, I want to say almost every time. And then Reed Bauer averaged almost 43 yards a punt with the longest being 51. So, I mean – the special teams wasn't just like flat out awful so I mean I give them a little bit of credit there maybe they're sort of figuring it out maybe Fountains maybe earning his paycheck a little bit if A.J. Reed can start hitting field goals a little more consistently I'd feel a lot better
1: Reed was supposed to be the answer to our field goal problems and he's done better than I think what we've had in the pr- past few years of, you know for the most part but I mean I think I would take oh, uh, left footed kicker Connor Limpert over himself. Still? <laughs> maybe. Maybe? I, maybe. <laughs> maybe? I, depends, depends on the day, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe call that kid that that kicks for Little Rock Christian to just sing up there.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. All right. So on to it. It's your favorite part of the show. And you and I have not talked about this, so neither one of us, you well, know, you have no idea what's coming. so But I'm going to hit the button, and this is that moment.
1: Yes, sir. Moment of the game.
0: Right now it's Simmons right on top of Stromberg. Franks pulls it back. Surveys has plenty of time. Now he unloads. Got a man. Caught. Arkansas first down. Arkansas touchdown. Traylon Burks covers 59 yards with a dance at the end. Oh, sick. Pink Tomato Festival is going to be jumping this year. This is just a fantastic but job by Felipe Franks. Buys times, and here you see the elite arm strength there. And Traylin Burks just dominated time. It just doesn't get a whole lot better than that throw.
1: By How fans. do you let that man get behind the defense? Yeah,
0: in that spot.
1: And I mean, to oh, drop that ball all where he people. dropped it to. Yeah. Oh, it was, dude, when he loaded up and that ball got some air under it, I'm sitting there going, please be a receiver there when it hits <laughs> you. <laughs> and it was just like it was dropped out of the sky right on top of him. He never broke stride. He turned the corner, and when he turned the corner, that guy wasn't going to catch him. You'd forget about it. No, no. Ain't nobody
0: <laughs> catching that dude then. It's kind of – it reminded me a little bit, and, and hey, this this is good for the future. Did you see – I don't know if you – were you were you watching the, uh, the Parkview Mountain Home game Friday night, the first half, before we had our technical issues?
1: I didn't get a chance to get on it, but that video you sent me with the uh, – like the recap you made? Yeah. Are you talking about the dime that Landon yeah. dropped and the receiver just dropped it in stride? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that was heartbreak. The throw. did come back later in the game and catch the touchdown, though. He so? did, and Haney had a good but, game. Mean, yeah, the, Haney ended oh, up having did. a good
0: game, but goodness gracious.
1: That throw, holy I man. Liked, I like that kid a lot. I didn't, After watching him play, big physical. Uh, got some wheels under him, and then got that kind of arm as well. I mean, I mean he's, he's a grown man out there playing with kids, it looks
0: like. Honestly. He's six five. He runs a 4'5". <laughs> he has bigger hands than any starting quarterback in the NFL currently at 11 inches. And, and I mean.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean. Jesus. And the dude goes off for 200 yards rushing on Friday night, and another would have had over 200 passing if that ball would have been completed. So, anyway, yeah. just like Do what? I didn't need it. <laughs> no, they didn't need it. No, not the way they played in the second half. That running game woke up in the second half, and and they played really well. So, um, but yeah. So our yes sir moment of the game, obviously to Traylon Burks, the 59 yard touchdown pass was an absolute thing of beauty. So can't you know? Like I said, you could give Burks the player the game every week just based off of plays like that. So we got it. We got to spread it around a little bit, and so uh, that's what we've done tonight. But. All right, so that's that's this week's recap of the Tennessee. Do You got any other things, any any moments of wisdom, any any wisdom you want to impart on us about that Tennessee game before we move on?
1: I just hope that we can carry it into next week. Uh, more than anything, uh, the third quarter momentum. Uh, one thing I didn't like, and it's becoming more evident every game, it's we don't really have that. It's time to step on their throat moment down yet. You know, that whole, all right, let's close this out and go home with a decisive win and not make people bite their fingernails off to the second knuckle. we got to get away from that. And I know they want to just as bad as we want them to to do so. But my heart is not going to last through another season of this if they don't learn how to step on somebody's throat and hold them down and finish this game out. Yeah, and that's a
0: great point, and and I think you're going to see that go away, because again, we've talked about this. I think it seems like every week because it is frustrating. It's you, Arkansas gets to a point where all they got to do is is get a couple first downs or drive down and put the ball in the end zone, and the game's over. And and everybody's like, oh, why are we getting conservative? And I do, I do. I'm look, I, I'm uh, I'm the kind of person if I was a coach, and it's probably why I'm not a head coach, among other reasons, but. Um, if, if I was the head coach, I'd be out there throwing <laughs> till the clock ended. I mean, screw you and your feelings. I don't care if I beat you by 150. You're, you're like Kevin Kelly says. It's your job to stop me. You gotta stop me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'm running my offense. Look, to me, that last five minutes of the game is five more minutes to get some practice in on a, and and even more so on a season like this where it's COVID, and and you know the, you can take some chances, but from a from a pure just. I guess true coaching standpoint and the way these guys want to do it. Obviously, Sam Pittman. He, you know, he said this when he got hired. Pittman, you know, he, he when they were asked, her, "Well, are you gonna are you gonna run the ball a lot? Are you gonna throw it? Do you want to you know bring in browse in? Does that you know mean that you want a running quarterback?" And he, you know, he meant he said, "Yeah, I want a guy. I, I want a dual threat quarterback. I want an athletic quarterback because of the extra dimension they bring." So I don't think Absolutely. he has. I don't think he has any issue with the way Brows is trying to run the offense but i do think that at the proper times that arkansas wants to be that physical downhill running team that can put it away can step on your throat but and i think there i think there may be a little bit of i think maybe some and i don't want to use the word headbutting because i don't think there's any issues between the staff But I think there may be some back – I guess back and forth. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But I think there may be some – I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. That's
1: for sure. There's an
0: issue there between, you know, Briles wants to throw the 70-yard touchdown to step on your throat. Pittman wants to run the ball and be more physical. Arkansas is not really ready to be – they're not built to be that physical, especially in a situation where everyone knows what you're doing. They know you're going to hand the ball off. You know, you, you can't really be creative without risking a turnover. And so some people call that you know playing not to lose. you know I, and so it is frustrating to watch it. it.'s it's frustrating to see it unfold because it seems like every week, okay, four minutes left, we're up by 10. this game's not over you know and, and I hate that. And so yes, I'm with you. I think Arkansas' has got to find that killer instinct and I think that's just a part of that's got to be built in these guys again, 4 and 20, 4 and 20 in the last two years. They, they don't gotta, know how. Yeah, they they have to learn to win. They're just now learning to win. Then they gotta learn to dominate. And and so it'll come. I think as this offensive line gets stronger and more talented, you know, next year will probably be the year that especially if we get I think one big key for this team will be to play an actual non conference game that you win by forty. And and, yeah. a, and and not from a confidence standpoint, but and I guess somewhat from a confidence standpoint.
1: What happens if we beat LSU by forty?
0: Oh gosh. Hey, Hey, if it does, it's going to be a long <laughs> afternoon of partying because that's our only eleven o'clock game of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Thanks a lot of LSU. Yeah, eleven o'clock kickoff. Hey, they may uh, not,
0: they may not play this
1: week either because they don't. I want- don't think they're going. They're not going to, from what I understand. Uh, I think Mississippi State has forty-two scholarship athletes that are available, and that's not enough, from what I understand, to allow them to play. Well, and I thought too. Was
0: it is it Mississippi State or I thought it was maybe I read that backwards. I mean, I don't. I don't this was forever
1: ago. Yeah, Mississippi State's like forty-two scholarship athletes right now.
0: But I thought I had read something that the LSU one, like, was it LSU or, or Mississippi State that all the players went into a Halloween party and that's what has caused the issue.
1: I didn't hear anything about that from either side, uh, as far as Halloween parties. So I'm not sure.
0: I read it earlier, but I was busy and I just kind of—it was a notification that popped up on my phone or something. Maybe I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember where I saw it, but I was just scrolling through or something. But yeah, so that yeah, you're right. That game. It, I mean, what's the other one? Uh, da, 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 Auburn and
1: who's Auburn? Playing? Auburn already got postponed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whoever who are they playing? Auburn? No, my bad. Mississippi State is playing Auburn. LSU is playing Alabama. That's right. I got that totally jacked up. Yeah, so the Mississippi State-Auburn game is not going to happen because of the players from Mississippi State not having enough. Correct. The LSU-Alabama game, I think Brad sent me a text about it while we were doing this. And it might actually have something to do with that. Let me see. I'm pulling this. No, one. he's just making fun of LSU. I'm not saying LSU got COVID to avoid playing Alabama, but LSU probably has a better chance of getting killed by Alabama than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: without a doubt. That's that's very true. And, and that's what it was. It was. So LSU players went to – a, um, here, let me see. Here's the headlines. Um, they probably
1: had more fun doing that than what they would have uh, like playing right now Alabama, now, like
0: you said. Yeah. It says multiple players, including starters, will be una- unavailable. Some have tested positive, while the majority are out as a result of contact tracing because of a mm-hmm. Halloween party that they went to. They, they went to a Halloween yep. party, and now all that's come back. Um, let's see. David. And then, of course, Miles Brennan is still not available. So, yeah. Yeah, they even – I mean – I saw something else where it looks like the league is trying to push games to after the conference title game for teams that saw you know, that. that aren't in. So I mean LSU's already had one game that they gotta make up. So it's obviously Yeah, Florida, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Exactly. And so in that game man I don't know if they wanna make
1: that one up either. No. How's it how's L S U might wind up
0: missing the two hardest teams on their schedule? That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> So, but that's good for Arkansas because they're going to be working to get people back so that's that's a that's a big plus for our LSU's already in enough trouble we'll take them as low on the uh, on the on the availability totem pole as we can get them so
1: can you even call LSU defending national championship? well, well we
0: have to because I mean until someone else wins it they're <laughs> technically still the defending <laughs> national champions but
1: yeah yeah about that
0: yeah it's it's been a it's been a rough week for COVID for sure within SEC teams I mean A&M, tell me about it A and M's halted activities after multiple positives uh, I've had to call games by myself because of my my uh, COVID positive partner um, yeah you know so all that good hey stuff do me sir. Yeah, that you. you. A- <laughs> so, and then, and then, yeah, the out of the bag. so as we, as we jump down some rabbit holes here, um, yeah, so Notre Dame, how about that with their uh, rushing of the field after the Clemson win, and now they're all freaking out because everybody's got to get tested.
1: <laughs> of course they do. everything was fine until the fans hit the field.
0: (laughs) Notre Dame has a chance at a national title, but not anymore because they're going to miss the Dukes two weeks because of COVID because they rushed the field after beating Clemson. Hope that was worth Uh your national – Beating Clemson was worth your national title. Congratulations.
1: I mean, last time they beat a number one team they lost the next week to Boston College, if I remember right. Yeah. That was like 92 or 93 against Florida State. Yep. Yeah. We're rolling oh look bc let's lose all right
0: so i had this in our notes and i want to jump on this real quick because we're getting kind of to, towards the end of this we're almost an hour into this thing so um, oh lord we're in trouble yeah i know it so i want to get your thoughts obviously kyle pitts is is a big piece of what florida does and florida's super dynamic on offense and, and, and but so pitts went out last week did you see the hit
1: uh, you're talking about the helmet, to helmet lick, pretty much from the uh, Georgia defensive back.
0: Yeah, yeah, the that, one that uh, kind of rung they both, both their bells. Yeah, they both yeah. died on the field <laughs> for a second.
1: Yeah, yeah, stalled them out, boys. Yeah, so
0: so Pitts comes out after that game. He's in protocol, and I've not heard yet for sure what the what the prognosis is going to be. But you know, typically those things take more than a week, and so um, you know, I would assume they'll be without Pitts. How big of an impact do you think that's going to make on the game?
1: Uh, it could be very, very big impact because, I mean, Pitts is what, six five big tight end, leading touchdown score for their offense, if I'm not mistaken, too. He's the everything. Uh, yeah, He's the everything. Yeah. Him and, well, him and I mean, Trask are the everything for that offense. Well, if you put their number one tight end, number one receiver, whatever you want to call him, their number one dude other than Trask at, at a position where, you know, we don't – have a lot of depth or can cover that guy with a smaller corner. You have to cover him with a linebacker. Um, I think it gives us a little bit of an advantage and we're going to need every bit we can get. Um, I like the fact that Florida's going to throw the ball. I think that'll uh, help out as long as they don't have a massive running game. I'm not going to lie, I haven't really watched a lot of Florida football this year, just like every other year. But, uh, you know, I mean, they play into our strength as far as being a ball hawk. Um, I, I don't see us winning this game, but uh, I see it could possibly be competitive. And you know, who knows? They might sneak up on it. You never know.
0: Yeah, I mean and – and Thank you, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully maybe they're going to be still riding the high. And that game was really physical, so they're going to be beat up after that game for sure. But, I mean, you know, obviously Kyle Pitts is is the man for their offense. He's their leading receiver. 24, carries, four, or 24 catches, 414 yards, and eight touchdowns. Eight of their 22 receiving touchdowns have gone to Kyle Pitts. Kadarius Toney's their next guy in line at 29 catches for 339 yards and six touchdowns, but it's big. I mean, you know, Arkansas has kind of been eat up in the middle of the field, especially against AM. You would figure that Arkansas is going to do some variation of that, you know, the rush three drop eight, probably try yeah. to spy Trask a little bit to keep him from, from using some of his mobility. And, and, and so – you know that could lead to the middle of the field being opened up. It's really going to put a lot of stress on the linebackers. So it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. I, I think that Pitts being out is huge. I think you know, it, as much as I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that the line opened at seventeen today. I think if you've got Pitts, that line might be twenty. I just you know in in, in the swamp. I know the crowd's not going to be big, but they're going to be in Florida. You know it, it's going to be you know it's going to be it's a tough game. The swamp. Yeah, and, and so. You know Arkansas for all the love that they've gotten this year. You know, um, you know, seventeen's probably the right number, but with Pitts, I think that number's probably twenty. And and, and so yeah, I think it's huge. I think the missing Pitts is going to be big. Like you said, I don't think it's enough to change the outcome of the game. And and I'll give my my official pick on Friday, but. Um. Yeah. I. I. You know. I think them losing pits is going to be huge for this week. This is a really good Florida team. When I mean, you look at the numbers, eighteen hundred yards for Kyle Trask. Uh, I mean, twenty two
1: touchdowns. Twenty. I mean, he's thrown four touchdowns. I think in every game this season.
0: Yeah. He's. So. Uh, let's see. Twenty two touchdowns to three interceptions. He's only been sacked five times. Uh, he's got a 189 QB rating. He's completing almost 70. Yeah, completing almost 70 of his passes on 182 attempts. It's really actually kind of interesting. Him and Franks have almost identical completion and attempt numbers, but Trask has like 400 yard 400 more passing yards. So um, yeah, his
1: average per her reception is a little higher.
0: Yeah, just a little bit.
1: So, they,
0: Arkansas is going to have a tough time containing that. We'll see uh, if Arkansas can even halfway live up to that no-fly zone uh, <laughs> nickname they've given themselves this year. And, uh
1: it'll be great if they do.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, <laughs> looking forward to that one. Make sure you join Tyler and I on Friday. And I believe I, – I'm not going to give it away yet because every time I give away a special guest, it gets blown up and the special guest doesn't come on. So, we – Pretty sure we've got a really, really, really good special guest coming on with Tyler and I for the pod that, for the preview pod that'll drop on Friday. So, you guys, don't miss out on that. And I can't. Give it away yet? As to where we're going to be this Friday, just because I don't have it officially named as far as where are. No, our... but
1: you can call me after this and tell me.
0: Yeah, yes, I will do that. But uh, I can. I've not been able to give away that Heart of Grace Outdoors uh, National National State Sports Game of the Week location yet. But we've got a few surprises, maybe, and we're really excited about where we're going to be going Friday. So, fingers crossed that works out. I don't see why it wouldn't. But I submitted everything to the AAA today, so that comes back tomorrow. Good. Um. Other than that, man, I
1: don't know. You got any rabbit holes you want to run down before we're done here? No, I think we're good on everything other than uh, if you don't watch Mike Woods' YouTube channel, Woodville, uh, it's pretty funny uh, for the little shorts, and you should check it out. He's got some pretty cool stuff on there from time to time. So. I don't,
0: I don't think we're allowed to promote that unless he comes on the pod. I think that's the rule now. I'm going to make that a rule. Oh,
1: uh, is that it? Yeah, no, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> well, hey. all right. well I'm just saying you should check it out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're always good to promote anything. Speaking of, I do want to promote something real quick before we get off here, and I don't want to screw it up, so let me jump. I sell houses. Yeah, yes, that too. I sell houses. Call me. Actually, if you have a house that you want to sell, or you're even thinking about selling in Central Arkansas, please call me. It's not because I want to make money off of it. It's because there are a lot of people out there that need houses, and your house would sell in like a very short amount of time, and um, and it wouldn't. He's really really good at his job. Yeah, that and the market's just <laughs> really easy right now. But I mean, it is it is tough. But no, it's um, yeah, it, it's I'm um, yeah, it's gonna be a. Uh, um, I just lost my train of thought. It's what I get for looking. At it phone. out, Junior. It's what I get for looking at my phone, trying to look up what I was looking for. Ah. <laughs> man, oh, sorry. Come on, Who, What are you promoting? It's, what I'm, are you promoting? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm trying to find it. Hang on. Come on. My phone is not cooperating. None of my uh, electronics are
1: cooperating. Do, too, we're getting there. Hey, that's
0: that's all I good. Got. That's good. Hey, hi. Hey.
1: Hey. Hey. That's that good. is good promoting right there. Yes. Rest so, in peace, Alex Trebek.
0: Exactly. I'm glad you got that. Okay, I can't find <laughs> it. I, I'll, I'll find it later. But anyway, uh, do do this is not this week. Alright, anyway, it's it's the Shop Small event. It's November tw- whatever the Saturday is after Thanksgiving, I believe. I'll get all the information for you because I cannot you find it at the moment.
1: Basically wanting to promote small local businesses is what you want.
0: In, in Saline County. And so I'm going to make, I will share the event page, um, but of course, our good friends over at Heart of Grace Outdoors—they also own a boutique, uh, Trinkets and Treasures Boutique in in the in Bryant. And Vanessa, who owns the boutique, will be hosting a. Uh, she is. She's put this together. It's a. Um, it's a a small business event where there's going to be prizes, really good deals from all these small businesses and basically it's to compete with Black Friday sales at your big retailers. This is that following Saturday I believe and again I know I'm probably giving all this information out really badly because I didn't have it in front of me and ready to go but get on Facebook and look me up and I will share it and you will go and then on Friday I'll give all the really good information for it (laughs) but um, but yes, shop local, yes, be ready. I think these I think she's got like 25 stores already, whether between like actual physical stores and online stores that are that are going to that are going to be part of this. They're going to participate. That's big. Yeah. So really excited. I really want to make sure we help them out and get that information Shop out there. local for sure. Yeah. Yes. Right now, for sure, man. Look, the retailers, the big retailers are making millions and millions and millions and millions yeah, gonna of be
1: dollars. They're all their online stuff.
0: Yes. So go see your local shops and and, and feed them because they got to feed their families. So go feed them, let them feed their families, and and do as much Christmas shopping as you can locally. Shop local. All right. I'm done. That was a free promotion that was really terrible. I'll make it better next time, I promise. Other than that, I'm sorry. I got nothing else. You got nothing else? I got a big woo damn pig. That's Mm, what I got. All right. Well, until Friday, woo. (laughs) damn pig,
1: pig.